Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. You're back with Flexi and Frumiani, and we have a very, very exciting guest. We don't have guests on the show that often. It's often because we actually prefer the sound of our own voices. <laughs> it's not even a joke either. I'm like, <laughs> I quite like what we're doing here. And every now and then Brooke will, will jump in for a bit of added flavour. She's like the Szechuan chilli pepper. Szechuan, you say? And I'm the prawn and you're the spring onion. Uh, I'm a little salt and pepper. Okay. <laughs> little, <was laughs> little salt and pepper. <laughs> loose salt and pepper, that's it. You are a little salt and pepper the other day. Oh. Okay. <laughs> And we've had enough. In good news, though, if you've ever wanted to talk to a sociopath, a real one, not your ex, we have a whole diagnosed sociopath coming to chat with us. Maybe this will reveal that she's, in fact, our kin. Maybe not. Yeah, remember really quickly when someone DM'd you saying you're a sociopath? Yes, that did happen. That really hit different. Was it? No, it was. An, oh, it was. Antisocial personality disorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go and chat to your community. We're going to be calling Kanika Bathra. She is a confirmed diagnosed sociopath. She takes a lot of pride in it. We're going to ask her a few questions. Hello. <gasps> Kanika. Babes, it's Flex and Friends. I reckon we'll get right into it. We've got a ton of questions for you. First of all, what series of events happens that leads a person to go and get a diagnosis for antisocial personality disorder, a.k.a. sociopathy? So I can only speak for myself at this point, but it would be a, either a court-mandated thing or it would be for a mood disorder like a depression usually because a lot of us are significantly depressed. And also if a family member seeks it out. So if they want you to go into couple therapy or whatever to fix up what you're doing. Um, personally, I was extremely depressed, so I was given the option of involuntary commitment into a psych ward or a voluntary visit to a psych, and I chose the latter. And when I saw the letter of diagnosis, it said, um, yep, ASPD, NPD, and major depressive disorder. What are the kind of markers or the symptoms of sociopathy. Yeah, what is it? Because I feel like people use it or misuse it every day. Just say someone's like got a bad vibe. So the markers would be essentially a lack of empathy, serious charm, charisma, um, being able to be superficially glib and grandiose. So we make a lot of false promises. We make ourselves seem like the best things on the planet. And of course, we can use these powers for good or bad because we can pretty much con most people into believing most things. And people don't understand that there is obviously a mask. And when it slips, that's when you see the real person and what sociopathy actually looks like. Right. And so do you have a mask? Absolutely. Is that something that you had to develop or is that just kind of like, has it been? No, no, no. I I was, I guess I developed it as a child. Um, I wouldn't say in recent years. As a child, I kind of saw that what I was doing would kind of put people off. Mm. So I watched people who were successful and I would essentially just copy them because I knew it would work. And so I do have a mask of sanity essentially where I can talk about these issues and I can talk about this from, you know, a third person's point of view. But if I actually told people my thoughts, I don't think I'd have very many friends. Yes, because I was going to say, it's like the way that you're able to uh, 
elaborate on, on what your experience is. It's done in such a self-aware way. It almost sounds really appealing. But then this yeah. is you've this also like an awareness of a mask right now in which you have to like, you know, you're doing an interview, so you're giving it to us straight in an appealing way. This is so fascinating. So what made you start making content about it, though? Because I feel like, you know, it's not enough to be like, people just don't understand, you know, what's, what's motivating you to let people in on something so intimate? Because I've seen so much misinformation spread out mm. across the internet, across television. And I was just like, as somebody with this diagnosis, you are completely wrong. Because I saw an interview of someone saying that, sociopaths don't enjoy sex they cannot uh, form relationships with one another they cannot experience emotions and I just wanted to say that this is absolutely patently false I was like this is like enough enough I have decided to actually tell people what it's like to live with this because people think that we are all Ted Bundy obviously there are shades of gray and while we may do some bad things, we also do a lot of good things, like philanthropy, which a lot of sociopaths do if they're in a position of power. Not because of the welfare of others, but because obviously it does make them look better. Power, power. Um, <laughs> I was going to say maybe they... Maybe, it's necessary evils, right? Or maybe so, they do it for exactly. the tax break. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Oh, actually, actually, yeah, some of them do it for a tax break. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wanted to quickly play um, a TikTok of yours where you were talking about what it's like to not feel guilt, which I found like extremely illuminating and really um, awesome to listen to. So we're going to play it now for context and then come back yeah. to you. I'm a diagnosed sociopath and I've never felt guilt, nor do I want to. What's the point of feeling bad about something you've already done? You can't undo it. Guilt is a control mechanism by society. I had a co-worker friend in my sales job. He was sick and I offered to help him with his sales leads. I stole his leads, got promoted and he got fired. It was a good week. Not necessarily for him. I'd bet most of you would feel bad about it for months. Meanwhile, I enjoyed that money on a holiday. I rewarded myself with a nice Prada bag. I'm sure he'll find another job. Just probably not in sales. Imagine what you could do if you didn't feel guilt. Guilt sounds like wasted time to me. When we got to the imagine what you could do without guilt, I said, I'm in. <laughs> so talk to me about it. Because you're exactly right. I think that in a lot of ways, guilt is such, uh, it's just such like a, an ambiguous feeling. What are we doing it for? Where's the benefit It's such in a it? toxic emotion. Yeah, and people I mean, start to validate themselves for feeling so much guilt. And it's like, why? Get over it. And it's especially women. Mm-hmm. Um, women are prone to feeling so much guilt for everything that they do. Um, especially women who are, you know, mothers, they'll put their kids first mm-hmm. and they'll feel bad if the kid eats after they do, which my mum does actually. My mum feels terrible if I don't eat before she does. She won't eat if I'm not eating. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of women are put in the position of hating themselves and feeling bad for absolutely everything that they do if it doesn't serve somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that is something I needed to speak out on. I like the approach you've done. That is quite it's a fantastic, philanthropic approach. in and of itself. Absolutely, I love it. Thank you, Kanika, for the, your time. Absolutely. And Why if we want to find you, where do we go? Yeah. So we, I am on Instagram as Kanika Batra. I'm on TikTok as OG Kanika Batra, and my YouTube is Kanika Batra. <laughs> Amazing! You've got it all locked down. I like to see that. <laughs> 
Thank you. See you later. See you later. You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.